as some of you know, my oldest will be playing football at Whitworth this fall. Well, not this fall. As of a couple of months ago, the season was moved to the spring, and it's kind of been the story of his life since COVID. School ended, he thought maybe there'd be prom, maybe graduation, maybe some trips he had planned, and as each thing got canceled, honestly, by the time it happened, he wasn't surprised. It was just one more thing. You can all relate. I know that. This has been life for all of us since this started. We think one thing might happen, and then we realize it's not going to happen. And then we set our sights on something else, and then that doesn't happen. Everything from birthday parties to trips to funerals to surgeries to jobs, to our health, to just being able to be with the people we love. Doesn't seem we can count on any of that in this time. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Eric's football coach hosted a town hall meeting via Zoom for all of the football parents. He is a really neat and faithful man, and he gave us two guidelines to follow as we head into the football season and college life. I don't remember the second one, but the first was to hold all things loosely. He said it's true all the time, but particularly now that we need to hold things loosely. He got that from St. Paul, I'm pretty sure, who said in 1 Corinthians 7, hold on to the things of this world loosely because they aren't going to last. Hasn't COVID been an lesson in that very thing. I think of things like our staff meetings at church. What in the world are we going to do for rally day? Or, okay, we're going to have to postpone the all-church servant event until September, but now we're still in stage two, so I guess we'll have to wait till the spring, or will we even be able to have it? We have had a constant lesson in holding on to things of this world loosely. And I, for one, have not liked that lesson and learning it over and over again. But it does make me think of dear Peter in our gospel for today. Just last week, Jesus was asking the disciples who people were saying that Jesus was. And I can imagine Simon, his name at the time, just full of confidence, saying, Jesus, I've got my ears to the ground for you. I know what people are saying, some Elijah, some a prophet, some John the Baptist. Then Jesus says the question, I bet he'd been waiting his whole life to hear. But Simon, who do you say that I am? Oh, Jesus, I can't wait to tell you. You're the Messiah. You're who we've been waiting for, for what seems like forever. And when Jesus is so proud of him, when Jesus says, yes, Simon, you're right. You're so right. I'm changing your name to Peter, which means the rock, because it is on you and your confession that I'm going to build the church. Peter's buttons had to have been bursting. Probably wanted to call his mom, tell all his friends he got it right. But then... Then came a major lesson in holding things loosely. 
Jesus started to teach all of them what it meant that he was the Messiah, that he would suffer and die at the hands of the chief priests and on the third day be raised. When Peter heard him say those things, he grabbed on as tightly as he could and said, No, Jesus, God forbid it, Lord. I won't have it. You can't die. I love you. You have to stay with us right here and be our king. You can hear the fear in him, can't you? And can't you relate to that feeling of, No, we have a plan, Jesus. This is not how it's supposed to work. And then Jesus ups the ante even more. He explains that when you follow him well, you really can't hold on to anything tightly. In fact, you will have to deny yourself and take up your cross. And the only way to find your life will be to lose your life. Talk about holding things loosely. I've always loved Peter because I can relate to him. He is the picture of what it's like to follow Jesus. We believe with all our hearts, and then the next minute we find ourselves thinking, wait, what? This can't be. I don't believe that. We let ourselves go and trust God, and then we remember, um, actually, I would like to be in control, God, so I'm going to take the reins back. Thank you very much. When David Lowe talks about this story, it says it's like you can hear Peter's heart breaking. He has all these plans, all these ideas, all this faith, and then bam, he's full of fear. He doesn't know what to believe. He's full of doubt. He keeps clinging to the things of the world that he knows and wants to be true. But the world always disappoints, doesn't it? at least when we put our ultimate hope in the things of the world. COVID has been reminding us of this in what seems like new and different ways almost every day. But it isn't just COVID. Cancer comes back. We don't make the team. We lose our job. We struggle to make ends meet. Our kids don't talk to us or have faith. We watch natural disasters unfold in unfathomable ways. We worry about our nation in ways too many to count. Disappointments just pile up. And we find ourselves yelling out with Peter, God forbid it, Lord. No, please let this thing I'm clinging to come through just for once. I don't know really what else Jesus could have said to Peter than get behind me, Satan, because that's what and who's got a hold of him. Peter thought he was clinging on to Jesus, but he was really experiencing the age-old problem of being turned inward. That's been the work of Satan since the beginning of time, turning us in on ourselves started when he said to Adam and Eve, oh, come on, eat that fruit. It'll make you just like God. And from that time onward, that's all we've wanted, to choose ourselves, to be our own God, to cling to something that's not God. And it's only death with Jesus, being taken up on the cross with Jesus that can set us free. We can't do it. 
Martin Luther said the whole Bible is about how we are saved by God's grace alone without any works of the law we might do, but we need this gift of grace to come to us again and again and again because we're given the gift of faith and grace. And every time after we receive it, fear sets in. What if it isn't true? What if I mess up? But Luther said this is life. And God loves to re-gift. So we get the gift of faith, then we doubt, and then we get the gift again and again and again and again. This isn't even the first time for Peter. He walked on the water, saw Jesus, and sunk like the rock he is. So when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, I think he's reminding Peter to let go. Because Peter, when you follow me, you're going to lose it all. You're going to die to that clinging you do. And when you follow me, you need to get behind me, right along with Satan. But when you lose your life, you will gain so much more. A theologian, Steve Paulson, told a story about when he was a young pastor on one of the Great Lakes. He went to visit an old man who, together with his wife, had lived years alone in a lighthouse on the lake. The man's wife had died, and Pastor Steve was asking him about the isolated life they had lived. They never even had children. The man said they survived by playing poker together every night. Steve said, really? Yeah, my wife didn't love it. She wanted to do other things, but we just played cards, poker. But then the truth came out. Pastor, she was a good woman, a good Christian woman. And the truth is we played poker, but mostly I drank because that's how I handled it. I drank myself silly every night. And now I'm afraid she's in heaven and I have to pay for my sins. Pastor looked at him and knew he'd heard his confession. The man was clinging to his sin like he had clung to that bottle of scotch. Steve said, you were playing poker with the devil, but you have Christ. And when you have Jesus Christ, you always have the winning hand. All you have to do is claim Christ, grab onto the one who grabbed onto you in your baptism. Relief washed over him, and he bowed his head and wept. We all cling to many things. Our guilt, our hopes, our dreams, whatever it is, Peter was clinging on to who he wanted Jesus to be. But here's the thing. We can let go because it's actually Jesus who's clinging to us. It is Jesus who has you so tightly you can lose yourself and start letting go of all the things you are clinging to. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We receive it when we hear God's word. We receive it in baptism and in communion. We receive it when we hear the words from a friend, it's okay, I forgive you, I love you anyway. When Eric's coach put hold all things loosely up on the screen in a Zoom call, 
It was the gift I needed to hear and remember. But here's the thing, and it's ironic. We think that when we clutch on to the things of this world that maybe we're having some more control, that we can work things and get them to work in our favor. But it's ironic that when we hold things loosely, we're actually more free to truly hold them. Because it isn't about clutching and control, it's about receiving and letting go. And isn't that the best way to love? When you stop trying to control anything and hold things loosely? It is the better thing. And we can hold things loosely. You can hold things loosely because Christ is holding me and Christ is holding you more tightly than we could ever imagine. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.